2: I don't think I could be an NFL quarterback. You couldn't but have caught that. It was a little out in front no, of No, 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 but I think I could have hit him in stride with this one.
1: Uh, I, well, I, you would not help it. Went, him. You can't hit the proper shot from three meters away. Yeah, 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 <laughs> but, I just,
2: but the proper shot doesn't move. Like, Mine is brutal. You're under pressure Mine, percentages. I am. Yeah. All right,
1: yeah,
2: at least I hit the better. green All thing. Right. That's okay. good okay. guy. <laughs> Once I stand, it's better. <laughs>
1: you follow through. Yeah, yeah it's follow line. through. All right.
2: See? I was, Look at that. that was your worst throw of the season. <laughs> that's not true. Uh, this, I, it, that. I, I think it was.
1: Standing up again, I say. I am. You're damn right. how did I'm, that work I'm, for you last week? I missed it. worked out good. I, I made it last week. Well, I did make it. Did you make did it?
2: Because you, your uh, you you uh, pass or was the interception. No, no, no. Did you make it out interception? Sometimes I don't. It's three,
0: three misses in a row for me. I can't be QB ah, one of no those. Michael. Ooh, <laughs> close. I think that's the first time we went 0 4 in a while.
2: Stuck it right it's behind right the just helmet. Totally guy the guy ran the wrong route.
1: Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I'm
0: Connor Rogers with Jay Croucher, and his Storm Bunker somewhere. That is Matthew Berry. Matthew, that was a cruel opening. And we didn't even know about it. <laughs> Very that. cruel.
2: Very cruel. You know what? It's interesting is people are wondering why is backup producer Pete backup producer, and it's it's for things like that. I still maintain, although I admit that montage does not make me look good, I still maintain Cooper Cup was so wide open that I could have hit him. Would he have had to come back for the ball? Would he have had to adjust 100%? But Cooper Cup is good enough, and he was wide open enough that I believe I would have gotten the ball to him and it would have gone in the box for as a completion. Yeah. What's interesting about that montage that we just showed is that there are some times, there's not a lot of them, but there are some times that i made it and backup producer Pete has very conveniently cut all of those out only to show my worst throws.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, you're still below the Mendoza line uh, with the makes, Matthew. Believe it is sub 20. sub-20%. Also, it doesn't count as a catch to Cooper Cup if it bounces four times um, before it reaches him. But uh, no, I agree. You've got potential as a thrower, certainly. Also, I like that, Michael Smith just goes with the CJ Stroud. Just really kind of whips it. The whip release, yeah, yeah. yeah. Didn't go yeah. in. It doesn't really work.
0: But, Lawrence uh, looking real casual, like he was just going to go behind the back. Yeah. So. Listen, it's waiver wire today. We have a lot to get through. We'll also give you, of course, our Monday Night Football takeaways with the Drew Locke upset over the Eagles. And with that, Drew Locke drinks free today. Shout-out to Drew Locke. Great postgame interview. Uh, excellent comeback. Excellent drive. All around, it was a tough start to the game, Jay, as we talked about. But. For Drew Locke, a well-earned drinking free.
1: Absolutely. Uh, and if you, you saw the post-game interview, which I'm sure many of you did, it's very hard not to feel good for the guy. Uh, having lived in Denver, know a few people who cover the team, and just – Drew Locke is one of those guys that just has 100% approval rating. Yes. Just everyone loves him. And I'd heard that, you know, when he was benched, when it started to go south, I mean, it, it wasn't a great vibe, and so – the fact that he was able to turn it around and no matter what happens to him for the rest of his career he will always have seattle 20 philadelphia 17 Uh, and he'll have that moment in prime time so so good for him more on that game coming later we'll also give to you of course because it's backup producer
0: pete day our back to the futures bets but before we go anywhere there's only one way we could start this show we have to show you something that uh, kind of blindsided us but jay good for you from, uh, so, Audible Tweets last night. If you could have <laughs> one narrator read you a bedtime story tonight, who would it be? Michael Stanzione, Doctor of Physical Therapy, by the way, you see it right Love there, that. DPT. Says, Hard Knocks narrator, of course, Leave Schreiber, all-time legend. Dragon Ball Z narrator. Not Lee Schreiber. Not Lee Schreiber. Morgan Freeman, also not Lee Schreiber. Professor X. Croucher JD. Yeah, I made it. Nothing made but it. legends. Audible response. It's a
1: great. It's a great comment from Audible. Uh, I fully support that comment. Uh, I beat uh, Ed Norton in Fight Club. I beat, uh, who else have I beat? Who are the other great narrators? Robert De Niro and Taxi Driver. See you That's later, good. De Niro. That's a very good one. Uh, so, yeah, no, thank you very much to Michael and uh, thank you to Audible.com. You next
0: to the voice of God, Morgan Freeman. <laughs> and Matthew, what's your take on this, Jay? Maybe some voiceover work in the future for Mr. Croucher. I,
2: I just don't think we should live in a world in which Jay Croucher and Morgan Freeman are legitimately listed in the same sentence. I don't, none of that makes sense to me. I and i just i question i would like to interview whoever runs the audible social account <laughs> i would i would, well, I, would like to, I want five minutes i want five minutes of grilling of whoever it is that runs the audible social account um but yeah good on you jay uh good for you all legends uh it's a that's heady company there that you were um uh you were listed there with and maybe we should maybe we should have you narrate some stuff maybe i should What we should do is, with my love-hate column, maybe we should release that as a podcast, but you narrate, you read it every single week. You read all 5,000 words every single week
1: as the podcast. Yeah, don't try and drag me into your little kind of love-hate world that you're trying to get out of, Matthew, (laughs) Uh, but I I appreciate the comment. Also, me and Morgan Freeman have many things in in common. Uh, Great narrators. We're also both better throwing a football than you are. I haven't seen Morgan Freeman throw it, but uh, I believe that to be the case. So it's great to be listed in that company. Thank you. uh, Thank you, Michael.
2: I think what Michael has proven right here, right now, and I say this not only to the two of you and to backup producer Pete, main producer Steven, alternate producer Adam, <laughs> the entire production staff of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour, and most importantly, our beautiful, amazing, and smart NBC sports sales team, that when you have a mellifluous voice such as Jay Croucher, it feels a shame to only limit it to this show. When I think about all the sales reads, when I think about all the post-show <laughs> ad sales reads that I have to do, when I feel like these are we are not doing our clients, our partners, our sponsors justice by not allowing Jay, one of the legendary voices of our industry, Tough to read up, these man. voices. So this is a message for the sales team that moving forward, all sales reads will be done by Jay Croucher, especially when they have to take place after the show.
1: Yeah. I like how Matthew has turned uh, a compliment from Audible.com to one of his uh, colleagues into uh, a mechanism to get out of doing additional work. Uh, I appreciate that uh, those gymnastics. I'll never Listen, gymnastics. If
2: Morgan Freeman's available, he can <laughs> yeah. if Morgan Freeman is available, he can do the Bud Light ad reads. I'm just saying true. uh if That's he's the one on if he's not there. Jay, it should it should be you. Whether it's you know, we, we, we love our friends at Bud Light and at Applebee's and DraftKings and all the other ones that go just on the podcast version of this. Um, so that, uh I don't know which ones are in conflict with NBC, so I won't mention them. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, Jay, I think it's, it's either you or Morgan Freeman,
0: whoever's available, they should do the ad reads.
1: Yeah, I'll uh, I'll text Patrick Stewart and leave Schreiber and see if they're available uh, as well. Got my it. other colleagues on that uh, that list.
0: Just have them do a cameo saying the crown is yours. <laughs> who's <laughs> yeah. eating good? Uh, Bud Light easy to enjoy, easy to someday. Yeah, but these are all ingrained in my brain as somebody who does the reads. All right, let's yeah, jump.
2: Jay, could you just say? Could you just say that? Could you just do me a favor? Could you say that? Who's the, you know? Just say yeah. Just say DraftKings. The crown is yours. Could you say who's eating good in the neighborhood? Applebee's. Just sure. You
1: know, just yeah. Go ahead. You want to do it now? Just, yeah, yeah, yeah was a tr- <laughs> oh, you're cutting me off already. DraftKings, the crown is yours. It's pretty good, thank you. It's pretty good. It's like yeah. you've do- actually done
0: that before. Yeah, I have done it when several times.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, All right, right. <laughs> waiver-wired
0: running backs. Let's jump into it before we even get to our first one, which of course is Ty Chandler. Kevin O'Connell spoke yesterday on the status of Alexander Madison and how effective Ty Chandler was. Take a listen.
2: Yeah, Alex is going to try to work himself, you know, back uh, this week. We'll see how he does throughout the week. Um, There's no question that I thought Ty had a huge role and impact on the game the other day. Ty is, you know, absolutely a guy that is going to continue to see a featured, featured role um, in our offense. Uh, What that looks like moving forward, you know, as far as who gets the first touch of the game and all those things. Um, we'll, we'll continue to kind of work through based upon what we're attempting to do scheme-wise, but uh, there's no question that, you know, we have, que- we have confidence in Alex, uh, but uh, I think Ty's done a lot of great things, and we'll continue to do so, and hopefully will be a huge reason why we're able to have, you know, success offensively down the stretch here.
0: Jay, a monster game for Ty Chandler while Alexander Madison was hurt. And hearing from Kevin O'Connell there, it sounds like Chandler won't be going anywhere in this offense whether Madison is back or not.
1: Yeah. Now I think we need to adjust expectations a little bit because the Bengals have the 26th ranked run defense and they lost DJ Reader so there's always a chance that Ty uh, Chandler is going to look really good against that suspect run defense. At the same time, Cheesy looked better than Alexander Madison has looked all season. And also, Alexander Madison and the Vikings, they've played five of the six worst run defences in the NFL already. So I think that Ty Chandler, just with the amount of bursts that he shows, is what he can add in the passing game. Also, the workload that he showed that he was able to take in the running game uh they really should have given him the ball on third and one with the game and potentially the season on the line but i have to think that ty chandler is going to be hugely involved in this offense and he is the guy that you would want to start over alexander madison even if madison is good to go
0: matthew looking at ty chandler available in 48 percent of leagues here so it meets our playoff threshold right now let's say madison returns how would you project chandler in that scenario
2: yeah, I mean, I think he's an RB too. I agree with Jay. By the way, you if you sort of read between the lines, of what Kevin O'Connell was just saying there. I mean, you hear like, like a major, major part of our offense. Like he was, you know, he was doing whatever he had to to sort of you're like, oh, we like, we still have confidence in Alex, the, the dreaded vote of confidence here. But he kept waxing poetic about Ty Chandler, and I also believe that Kevin O'Connell watches football. I believe he has watched this team play, and I believe he knows what all of us know from the eye test, like. Ty Chandler's better than Alexander Madison, and it's not particularly close. You think about last week where he played 81% of the snaps. He got 98% of the team's running back touches. It's the most rushing yards in a game by a Minnesota Viking since Dalvin Cook in week 14 of 2021. So he just, he gave them a spark. And the reason they lost that game is not Ty Chandler. I'm sure when Kevin O'Connell went back and watched the film, he thought to himself, like, what am I doing calling those QB sneaks with Dick Mullins as well? Yeah, you don't love the matchup against Detroit this week. Lions have allowed under 70 rushing yards in four straight. But, yes, if you're starting a Vikings running back this week, it's Ty Chandler. I feel better about his workload as of today. It's Tuesday. We're taping this Tuesday at at noon. Um, But as of today, I feel better about Ty Chandler's workload than some of the other names we're going to mention, who are all dependent on whether or not the other players on the team are healthy or not. I don't care if Alexander Madison is healthy or not. Ty Chandler is going to be the guy for the Vikings, just because Kevin O'Connell is a rational coach. He's not Arthur Smith. He watches football the way the rest of us do. And like, okay, that guy is better. That guy's got a better gear. That guy just gives us a spark that Madison
1: hasn't all year. Nice little stray at Arthur Smith. Always good to uh, to get them in uh, when early. we can. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, very early good. and from any location. Yep, no, very well played.
0: All right, our next running back here, Chase Brown, better availability. Chase Brown available in 80% of leagues. He's got the Steelers Saturday, of course, here on NBC. And, Matthew, the story with Chase Brown is his involvement in the pass game and how explosive he's looked specifically in the pass game.
2: He's been targeted on 46% of his routes over the last two games, double digit touches now in two straight games, over 50 yards from scrimmage in three straight. He's become a part of this offense, and Jake Browning, who likes to – kind of you know uh duck it down you know um uh pass it short as well he's at pittsburgh oh by the way that game is on nbc this saturday i'm a company man it's also on peacock as well and so i I think chase brown is more of a 12 team ppr flex play you know look the, the bengals still are very much alive in the playoffs so joe mixon is going to be the main running back obviously for cincinnati but Chase Brown becomes obviously a very important insurance running back. And as you see it there on your screen, uh, he's somebody whose snap rate continues to, uh, you know, uh, get up there in the, you know, close to 20%. It's been increasing in terms of the, uh, in terms of the total production as well. Like Chase Brown has earned himself a role in this Bengals offense.
1: Yeah. I think the thing with Chase Brown, is two things. One, a lot of this production the past three weeks came on that 54 yard screen pass For a touchdown against Indianapolis, he broke a 31-yard run uh, against Jacksonville as well. And so you might look at that and say, all right, well, that's not particularly sustainable. It's also kind of what he does, though, and that's what they bring him in there for, those explosive plays. Matthew mentioned that uh, Jake Browning, you know, he does like to dump it off. He has a very, very low average depth of target. That's what they do in that offense. Also, by the way, Jamar Chase, not going to play. So, again, it just emphasizes the importance of Chase Brown.
0: All right, so those are our top two there. Now we get into our injury contingent ones. But before we do, of course, an injury we have watched very, very closely throughout the week has to do with Kansas City. As you see, Clyde Edwards-Alaire on this list at 60%, Trey Sermon at 100%, Justice Hill at 87%, Zamir White at 84%. Back to that Kansas City one right there, we got to hear from Andy Reid on the status of Isaiah Pacheco. So take a listen here.
2: He'll he'll be back um, this week. You know he'll, he'll be good to go this week. So um, unless there's further setback, but I mean right now it's been everything's positive for him to go, and he really had uh, a clearance last week from the fellow that did the surgery to go. So it was just a matter of uh, being precautious on it.
0: So that was Andy Reid, of course, talking about the status of Isaiah Pacheco, which, Jay, leads us to Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 60% available against the Raiders. He's obviously had significant volume go up with Pacheco's status down. I mean, how do we balance this group now, which of course includes Jarek McKinnon
1: as well? I mean, I think we balance it by just getting rid of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I don't think that you really want to use CEH, though he did have a solid enough game against the Patriots. A lot of that was dependent on a kind of broken play touchdown, and so I don't think that he's just going to be as involved in the offense. We've seen, you know, how they have used McKinnon at the back end of last season, getting a bit more involved. Pacheco's clearly the guy there, uh, and I don't think that CEH is going to be able to provide value if Pacheco is back as expected.
2: Matthew, you agree? I totally do. You see it right there. You're seeing that broken play, which was just sort of a scramble. Mahomes extending the play, and then he throws kind of a jump ball to Clyde edwards Elaire not something you really want to do. A lot of his production also came on a 48-yard screen pass, which was really set up where just New England was out of position. And um, But other than that, like he's not that good. And to the extent that they use a passing down back to compliment Isaiah Pacheco, it's going to be Jerick McKinnon, who's now had 12 fantasy points or more in back-to-back games. Uh, doubles his fantasy points in three of the last four. I would prefer McKinnon. If I, was, if I was starting a non-Pacheco running back uh, for Kansas City this week, I'd prefer McKinnon to CEH. Again, this assumes that Pacheco is back. You just heard um, Andy Reid there. Uh, by the way, quick question for both of you. What is precautious? What is exactly that that, that Coach Reid said? I didn't understand that. He said, he said to, I think he was trying to mean we were trying to be cautious, or like we were trying to exercise precaution, <laughs> but he, he, he said precautious, and
1: I'm just sort of like, ah, okay. That's fine. Right. That's a mold word sometimes. I believe I praised uh, Zay Flowers' explosivity uh, yes, last, a couple true. of weeks we ago. Let it ride. Yeah, it's fine. This is all, the English language is always welcoming new additions, so uh, I like that mm, Andy sure. is being, uh, uh, yes, precautious. Let's get back to the top of the list because the biggest one here
0: in terms of injury uh, precautions would be Zamir White, who's available in 84% of leagues. Last week, uh, over 80 yards from scrimmage, he gets the rushing touchdown. Josh Jacobs did not practice all of last week before missing Thursday Night Football. So, Matthew, let's go in with the assumption that it is the Zamir White show again. And we'll have updates on this throughout the week with injury reports. I mean, he has to be one of the top waiver ads if that's the case, correct?
2: Well, you just think about how this offense operates, right? This is not a. Antonio Pierce has not been a multiple running back guy. When Jayce Jacobs has been out there, it's been Josh Jacobs. And then Jacobs can't go against the Chargers. And so Zamir White gets 68% of the team's running back carries, basically a 12% target share. He plays 70% of the snaps. And honestly, if that game was even slightly competitive, I think he might have played more. They worked a little bit of Amir Abdullah in as well. But it's clear that if Josh Jacobs can't go, they have a lot of confidence in Zamir White being able to carry the load. And this game is at Kansas City. The Chiefs are not a run defense that really scares you, to be perfectly honest. So just, again, if I knew, if you told me, hey, there's no way Josh Jacobs is playing this week, Zamir White might be my number one or number two pickup this week. But because as of Tuesday and when you head into waivers, we are probably not going to know the status of Josh Jacobs. It's one of those things where it's just like, he's either a top 20 running back this week or completely useless. So it, just, it sort of depends on where you have, what else you have, what else you need to do in the playoffs here. But certainly, if he gets the uh, opportunity once again, certainly like his chances of success and a big workload against the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, and it's a bit of a tough one because that game is on Monday, Christmas Day game, the early game on that slate. So uh, you better have a pivot option if you are depending on on Zamir White, I think for some people might be a little bit scared of game script against Kansas City, the idea that maybe there's, no one's going to be able to run the ball because uh, the Chiefs will be up so much. And they are 10-point favorites, but at the same time, when the Raiders played the Chiefs and got blown out by two touchdowns a few weeks ago, Josh Jacobs got 20 carries right. in that game. He went for 110 yards on the ground, touchdown, four receptions, six targets. I, I know Colin, they're just not going to let him drop back 47 times The pass. I think they're going to be running the ball no matter what.
0: Our next one, Jay, Justice Hill, strictly because, unfortunately, Keaton Mitchell out for the season, the torn ACL. A complete projection if you pick him up and have to play him, but 87% available if you're desperate. Thing is, he's got the 49ers on Christmas.
1: Yeah, it's not ideal. And this is another one of those things where your natural reaction is like, oh, this guy could be the starting running back on the Baltimore Ravens with Lamar Jackson. But then like the way Justice Hill has been used the past two years and the fact that Gus Edwards gets all the goal line carries, uh, the fact that they play the Niners, as you mentioned, and they play Miami the week after, which yeah. isn't an amazing matchup either. So Lamar carries the ball. Exactly. Nice. So I just don't think that, I mean, if you are desperate for a flex option, you could probably do worse just because I think he will get work. But I don't think there's that much of a ceiling on Justice Hill. Matthew, would you agree with that one? Yeah, I mean, I I totally would as well. I mean, I will say this. The Niners last
2: week gave up 177 rushing yards, two running backs in Week 15 as well. The Ravens have been able to run the ball. There have been moments this year, shockingly, surprisingly, where Justice Hill has gotten some work in the red zone uh, as well in goal-to-go situations. Normally it is Gus Edwards, but there have been times, as somebody that has Gus Edwards on a couple of deep league teams, where I'm like, wait, wait, that's that's Gus time. What's Justice Hill doing out there? And then, of course, Keaton Mitchell sort of blew by him on the passing attack, but yes, he is a running back on a good offense that is probably in line for eight to ten touches against the Niners. It's not a great matchup. It's more likely than not they go to Gus Edwards or keep, give it to Lamar Jackson when they get in close. Uh, and, and as an offense, they don't really pass to the running backs all that much. Having said that, he is a he does qualify at running back. And you know, as we sit here in, in week 16, beggars can't be choosers. But again more of a PPR flex than anything else. The last one I'll mention here is Trey Sermon. The Colts are such a mess. Who knows? Zach Moss sounds like he wants to play. There's a chance that Jonathan Taylor comes back as well. Uh, we, saw, we saw both Tyson Goodwin and Trey Sermon. Uh, uh, Tyler Goodson, I'm sorry. You see it right there. Tyson, uh, uh, Tyler Goodson, uh, after Zach Moss went down for the Colts last week as well. But, Trey Sermon, after the Zach Moss injury last week, he played 61% of the snaps, including 7 of 10 uh, plays on third down. He got half the carries inside the 10-yard line. I, I'm not a huge Trey Sermon fan, uh, as someone who once drafted him in a Dynasty League and seen him just wash out of San Francisco. If you're a running back and you can't produce for Kyle Shanahan, like, that's bad. That's not good. So it's a bit of a mess, but if you're asking me to pick between Sermon and Goodson, of the Colts I think Sermon is clearly the guy that you would prefer there but again there's a chance we see JT Zach Moss may play he says he's going to try to play through it if he can it's just it feels like kind of a just a, a real uh, hopefully get more clarity before game time but as we sit here on Tuesday it's just there's a lot of a lot of a lot of uncertainty I guess in the, back, uh, the Colts backfield Oh, sorry, Jay. I was just
1: going to say, just lastly, um, on Justice Hill and the Niners' run defense being so bad against Arizona, like Eric Armstead didn't play in that game. Javon Hargrave didn't play in that game. Those are the two big guys in the middle of the defense and unclear about their status heading into the Baltimore game. I expect they're probably going to play because it's such a big game they've had this extended break. But if those guys aren't there, then all of a sudden the Niners' run defense just isn't, isn't imposing. Right, it looks a lot different without those two. And,
2: and, and the, by the way, and that game was a blowout as well. And so maybe they're, you know, they're not really worried about it. But I will, I mean, James Conner had a nice, he, James Conner had a good day at the office, certainly for his fantasy managers against the Niners last week in a game in which, you know, the, the Niners were never really, whatever, even, even when they, they were down seven, nothing. And everyone was just like, you know, Niners going to win this by two touchdowns easy. And, you know, they did obviously more than that. So, uh, but yeah, you know, listen, it's week 16, a bunch of injuries were sifting through whatever to, we're not, we're not even panning for gold. We're panning for, like, bronze.
0: To recap, well, panning sir. for bronze. Let's take a look at Barry's Week 16 top running back waiver targets. Of course, the top is Ty Chandler, who should still be involved in this Minnesota offense, even if Alexander Madison does return. Tajay Spears, we've told you every week this season about Tajay Spears. Guess what? He's still good, and Derrick Henry is really struggling, probably banged up. One to keep an eye on there. Chase Brown, Samir White, Justice Hill, Clyde edwards Lair with the return of Isaiah Pacheco could be an ineffective option. And Trey Sermon with a mess of injuries in the Colts' backfield, but also they could be getting healthy as well. Let's jump into the two, waiver. Two one. quick things, yes. Connor. Hey, Connor, ahead. before we jump into that, two quick
2: things. Keep the screen up for a second, Pete. I just want to say that obviously if we get news between now and now, and tonight when you do waivers, like, hey, Josh Jacobs has been ruled out or whatever, obviously then it's going to adjust how you feel about some of these guys. Amir White would jump all the way to the top, et cetera, et cetera. The one thing I just want to say quickly about Tajay Spears, Derrick Henry kind of responded after the game. I think I think everyone here sort of knows that Derrick Henry is not going to be with the Titans next season, or it's very likely that not. And so in a team in which the Titans are out of the playoffs, they've officially been eliminated. And so I wonder if whether it's Henry or the Titans or both basically say like, hey, let's shut it down for the year. You know, or let's take it easy on me. Again, because Derrick Henry's had a lot of wear and tear over the last few years. The team's not going anywhere. He's not back with the Titans next year. He may want to take it a little bit easy down the stretch. And the Titans themselves may say like, let's see what Tajay Spears can do in a workhorse role do we need to go replace Derrick Henry next year, or can we go into the season with Tajay Spears as RBA one? So I do think there's more upside than normal for Tajay Spears, especially,
0: by the way, if Will Levis can't go, uh, they may want to lean on the run game even more on Sunday. Of course, we'll keep you updated on the injury status, the precautious running backs uh, waiver ads. Let's jump into the wide receivers. And Jay, we start with Noah Brown here. Two weeks of no action or nothing coming his way. This week, he's really the guy. 11 targets, 8 catches, 82 yards, and a touchdown. He's got the Browns. He's available in 60% of leagues. I mean, you could argue in a pass-happy offense, no matter who's under center, that this is the number one target right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And we talked about how someone was going to have to cook in this offense with Collins out, with Tank Dell out, uh, even though C.J. Stroud was out, and Noah Brown, uh, who was always the favorite to do that, given he's just the best guy that they have left, uh, he went off against the Titans now. Not a very good defense and secondary uh, in Tennessee, and he will get the Cleveland defenses, which has been the best in the NFL this year. Also important to monitor Nico Collins' status. Looks like he might he might be trending towards playing. He was warming up on the field against the Titans. Also, CJ Stroud. His return would hugely benefit Noah Brown. But regardless, really, I think Noah Brown has showed a certain just capacity that, you know, he is a viable option no matter what happens with Tank Dell uh, out for the season.
0: Matthew, is this one of those ones where if, say, Collins plays and you have the matchup against the Browns, do you still think Brown can be effective in this game?
2: I, I do because, look, he's had three games this year, literally three games this year where he's gotten at least six targets. In all three games, he scored at least 22 fantasy points, the full screen that you just saw right there, sort of demonstrating that as well. And so I, I don't know that they I, – I think Jay brings up a great point here. The Browns defense is going to be much tougher than what they faced against Tennessee, but I think just the, the Texans have been a pass-first offense all season long, and with C.J. Stroud back, I don't expect that to, uh to suddenly stop and by the way there's a chance that if Nico Collins comes back this week Noah Brown's still the number one we Nico Collins has missed a couple of weeks here and so um and he may get the, the more coverage and certainly I think six targets are easily in line for Noah Brown regardless of Collins being back or not and he's produced when he's gotten that kind of volume 100% Noah Brown is I think a a volume-based uh low-end wide receiver too this week
0: Matthew, another guy next up in terms of targets, Tyler Boyd on the Bengals. We think that Jamar Chase will miss the game with the shoulder sprain that obviously elevates Boyd in a really, really big way against the Steelers on NBC on Saturday.
2: Yeah, I mean, Chase being out is a 27% target share. I mean, like he injured his shoulder. Connor, you can talk a little bit more about the injury when I've done here on Tyler Boyd. But I'll just say, like, it's a good match regardless. Steelers so far this year have allowed the fifth most yards to the slot, which is obviously where Tyler Boyd lines up the most when 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 their chase or higgins have been out we've seen boyd sort of step up as well um browning obviously has a connection with him on some level and so without chase there you know again almost 30 percent of the team's targets are up for grabs i think tyler boyd uh becomes really interesting for as long as jamar Chase is out and we got some bad news on him yesterday connor
0: yeah shoulder separation for jamar chase jay he's expected to miss this week against the steelers And if you're in the fantasy playoffs, or we're just a Bengals fan or just a Jamar Chase fan, even worse, it could go beyond that for a team – They see the Chiefs in two weeks as well, a game that you'd really like to have Jamar Chase back for.
1: Yep, and then they close the season against the Browns, so it's brutal. I also think with Chase, it's not just that he is missing, it's just his gravity in that offense too. Like, they were able to throw the screen passes they did against Indianapolis because of Chase's gravity and the fact that the safeties are playing so high because they're scared of Chase getting over the back. I do think Tyler Boyd will benefit in a huge way against Pittsburgh. Uh, One, because of Chase's vacated target share, which Matthew talked about, but then also still there's not any safeties left. Like, DeMonte Casey, he's out for the season with the suspension. Right. I Mink mean, Fitzpatrick's not going to play. Uh, that defense turned Gardner Minshew into Joe Montana for after afternoon. Joe, Gardner Minshew did whatever he wanted against them. By the way, with no Michael Pittman and no Jonathan Taylor and That's no crazy. Zach Moss, he just did whatever he wanted. So uh, I think the Browning should have success, and Tyler Boyd's going to get a lot of it.
0: It's a great point about the Steelers. Outside of some flashes from Joey Porter, their rookie corner, they've been thin in the secondary all yep. year. When they lose those safeties, those corners aren't good enough to no. survive. Peterson the might safety. be. Yeah, might he be is side. probably done for him so that's a big one right there uh our next one here Joshua Palmer against the Bills he's available in 71 percent of leagues we thought Jay he could be eased in coming off IR that wasn't the case it was garbage time but it was still 113 yards and a touchdown in garbage time he gets the big play but I say this Jay on the Peacock game on Saturday against the Bills, what's stopping him from having another game that's valuable with garbage time? Yeah, They're 10.5-point underdogs.
1: Yeah, and uh, Josh Palmer, who's the angel of death for backup producer <laughs> Pete, uh, because I stomped Pete repeatedly, uh, largely off the back of my boy uh, Josh Palmer, who uh, was the beneficiary of the stick man dealing in garbage time. That was a fantastic pass and catch, by the way. That was a lot more impressive than the 79-yard touchdown, uh, that ball down the left sideline. Now, doesn't look very sustainable, uh, the stats. He only had four targets, and he turned four targets into 113 yards and a touchdown, which is really just the wide open, blown coverage, 79-yard TD. At the same time, another week off the injury. expect they will be throwing against Buffalo. And Buffalo, despite what they did against Dallas, it's not like they're an all-world defense with the amount of injuries that they've got at the moment. So I think Josh Palmer is very viable uh, if you are in need. Matthew, how do you value Palmer a second game off the IR?
0: Yeah,
2: probably wide receiver three range. Look, the fact, though, is, is that he's had five games this year where he was healthy. The last five healthy games that Josh Palmer's played. He's averaged over 15 fantasy points per game. He's had multiple deep targets in all five of those games. And it's another week back, another week of him in practice with the stick man. Um, you know, maybe maybe with Brandon Staley gone, maybe there's a, a little bit of a lift of the spirit that maybe the Chargers realize, oh, we're all, you know, I mean, the general manager and the head coach were just fired. So we're all sort of playing for our jobs uh, right here. Uh, should be a good game against Buffalo. Games exclusively on Peacock, of course. I'm a company man. If you need a subscription to Peacock to watch this game, and you do need a subscription to Peacock to watch this game, you're like, well, how do I get one? Rotopass.com, by the way, my bundling site. You get a bunch of different great fantasy football websites plus a 12-month subscription to Rotopass. It's a 12-month subscription, by the way. So you can draft. You get it now, and you'll get it all for draft season next year. Rotopass.com. I'm a self-company man. Uh, but what I would say, specifically, Palmer... Look, I just, I think he's talented. I think he gets a decent amount of target share. He's had a 20% target share, basically, in the last five healthy games he's played. It's him and Keenan Allen is all they really have. We don't expect the Bills to have any problem moving the ball against uh, L.A. So in negative game script, the stick man should be uh, leaning on Josh Josh Palmer. And look, junk time still counts. I mean, as as we saw, like, uh, Palmer is one of those guys that all he needs is one one play, so...
1: Uh, I expect more than four targets this week. I expect him to have a nice game. By the way, uh, off topic, but I just wanted to mention quickly: with the news that Taylor Heineke is starting uh, over Desmond Ritter, the line just moved three and a half points in Atlanta's favor. So that's where Desmond Ritter is at at the moment: three and a half points worse than uh, than Taylor Heineke. Yeah, he's Falcons now one point favorite. So. Bottom in most passing categories yeah. this year. Desmond Ritter.
2: Someone get me Lawrence Jackson on the phone. What the? You <laughs> You'll see him tomorrow. Good. I want to bring this. I can't wait to bring this up to him because I just. He's been defending Desmond Ritter all year long, and so you know uh, Taylor Heineke. Uh, look, by the way, we'll we'll talk about him when we get to the quarterbacks here in a, in a second. But um, like Heineke's got a little bit of a gunslinger mentality. He, Heineke, I feel like I, I get it. He wasn't great, but he's he's better than Ritter. I, I I will go to my grave thinking that he is better than he is better than Desmond Ritter. At least at this stage of both of their careers. Our you next one. He gives a better
0: chance to win. Our next Am I wrong one. Am
2: Connor? No. Do you remember that? You
0: know? <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a show out there from, like, three months ago where I said... Pick up Taylor Heineke in De- Desperation Superflex now because Desmond Ritter will get benched yeah. this year. It's probably from yeah. September. Times
1: two. Yes, twice and it's happened
0: now. twice. Yeah. So not that it's gone great for Heineke, but I think it will go better for it's Heineke. Better he's, yeah. he's better. Heineke's better. So it's a, it it, and by be the way, that's, I
2: think it's definitely very good news for Drake London, for Kyle Pitts, for B. John Robinson, for all the players on the Falcons offense that you care about. For America. Just because yes. Heineke... Yeah, yeah, Heineke's more of a... Again, it's a cliche but it's true for a reason like he's more of a gunslinger he's more willing to uh to put the ball in play
0: lawrence will come defend himself tomorrow Sure, yes he will be here so join us tomorrow at 12 p.m of course on peacock our next one matthew commander's wide receiver curtis samuel available in 63 percent of leagues you talked a little bit this week how you're scared to play sam howell because he's got the jets defense does Samuel fall into that trickle effect bucket that it's tough to play him because of the Jets' secondary in this one?
2: I actually don't think so. Three straight games now with double digit fantasy points. He's had a 26% target share, averaging over eight targets a game. And I just sort of think about how you attack the Jets. They're so good on the perimeter with Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. So Curtis Samuel, who is the slot receiver, for the Commanders is somebody that should be open quite a bit. He has some versatility as well. They, they find different ways to get the ball in his hands. So I do think Samuel, despite the matchup against the Jets, which is not great, I think is still viable.
1: Yeah, I think as well, just being able to, the fact that he lines up so much in the slot, avoiding D.J. Reed despite his poor game against Miami, and Sauce Gardner, that's the way you want your receiver to be against the Jets.
0: All right, our next one, Packers wide receiver, Dontavian Wicks, available in 97% of leagues, Jay. He's got the Panthers. He's coming off a week with six catches for 97 yards. The reason Wicks comes up on this show, he's had a nice season. Don't get me wrong. Jaden Reed left Sunday with a toe injury. Christian Watson with a hamstring hasn't practiced since week 13. Christian Watson has missed more time with hamstring injuries now for the last two years. Makes Wicks effective in a somewhat capacity here, maybe for Jordan
1: Love? I think so. I think there's a couple of things. One, there's the vacated volume that you mentioned with the injuries and those guys potentially missing one, if not both, of Reed and Watson. There's also the fact that I just think Dontavian Wicks is good. I like the talent, I like what he does out there. Jordan Love, after that despicable game against the Giants, I mean, he wasn't the reason they lost against the Bucks. It was the defense just being atrocious. So he looked better. Uh, he was able to put up a decent enough stat line. So I think that Dontavian Wicks, if both of those guys can't go, then he is a you know, wide receiver three with upside.
2: I agree with you. And I actually, I've
1: said this before.
2: I like, if you're in one of those leagues where you can keep play, you know, if you're in a, he's, I'm sure in any kind of uh, deep dynasty league, he's, he's already been rostered. But if you're in a, if you're in one of those leagues where you can keep, you know, you're deeper, a deeper keeper league. I, I just, I like wits over Romeo Dobbs next year. I'll just sort of say that because I agree with what you guys are saying in terms of the talent. We've talked about Wits a few times over the last couple of weeks here. Um, you don't love the matchup at Carolina. Right, that is a pretty good secondary. But if Watson and Jaden Reed were to miss, Wicks suddenly becomes pretty interesting in a game the Packers desperately need. That's a very important game for Green Bay. The other thing I'll say here is that with any of these guys, we're talking about Curtis Samuel or Dontavian Wicks or, like, you know, Zamir White, any, generally speaking, it's the playoffs. And it's the fantasy semifinals. It's week 16. So generally speaking, you're only starting any of these guys if you're desperate. Ideally, you're starting the guys that got you here. And all this is just sort of like whether you're keeping it away from your opponent, whether you're just trying to fortify your bench, what have you. Hopefully, none of these guys you need to sort of use. But if you can or if you have to, hear some names. I just want to sort of couch it. You know, like I just playoffs is a time not to get cute. The one thing I will say, though, I have no issue with this. Sometimes the best offense is a good defense. If you're playing against somebody that lost Jamar Chase, and they're looking for the waiver wire and oh my god, look at that zoom. Uh, that's hilarious. I, I don't even know how I did that. Um, terrifying. But but is it, that's new. Like I don't even know like I don't even know if I can recreate that. Can I recreate that?
1: Anyway, apparently not. You're waving your arms uh, around there. Maybe something will happen. <laughs> yeah.
0: Anyway, um, The laid man just kicks the wall behind yeah.
2: him. <sighs> what happens if I do thumbs down? I
1: don't know. Anyway, Anyway, anyway. <laughs>
2: So there we go. Um, but at any rate, that you know, you're just ideally not using these guys except in dispersions. What I was going to say is, like, defense, if somebody in your league needs a wide receiver but you don't, pick up a wide receiver just to block that person. I have no issue with that. Again, it's, you know – Sometimes the best offense is a good defense.
0: And doing that could make them look in deeper league targets. Let's look at the Week 16 waiver wire targets in very, very deep leagues in those scenarios. Pop Douglas against the Broncos, 79% available. Parker Washington against the Bucks, 95% available. Rashid Shaheed against the Rams, 53% available. And DeMarcus Robinson, who's had a nice little stretch here, Matthew against the Saints, he's 92% available.
2: Three straight games with at least 40 yards and a touchdown for Demarcus Robinson. Parker Washington, especially given the injury to Zay Jones, yeah, that looked pretty bad on uh, on Sunday night, and obviously they're already missing Christian Kirk. So Parker Washington becomes kind of interesting too. I'm a big fan of Pop Douglas in terms of his talent, and feels
0: like after Hunter Henry, he's the pass catcher on the Patriots you want the most. Let's recap Barry's Week 16. Top wide receiver waiver targets Noah Brown leads the list, followed by Tyler Boyd as Jamar Chase was expected to miss this week with the shoulder separation. Joshua Palmer, Curtis Samuel, Dontavian Wicks, Parker Washington, Rashid Shaheed, and Demarcus Robinson in some deeper league target formats. Let's move over to the tight ends here, which is headlined by Tucker Craft. He's got the Panthers available in 90% of leagues here, Jay. Listen, with Luke Musgrave out, Tucker Craft has become – a factor in this offense that does lean on the tight end quite often.
1: Yep, six targets uh, last week. Again, he's like so many tight ends really kind of probably touchdown dependent. Luke Musgrave is also eligible to come off IR this week which I think is material. Obviously, you don't want any part of Tucker Craft if Luke Musgrave is back. But yeah, as far as tight ends go, if you need one, then uh, in also a it's not a super favorable matchup against the past defense of Carolina, but it is one where you would expect that the Packers will be able to score and get close to the end zone for Kraft.
0: A couple more here, Matthew, besides Kraft. We got Gerald Everett against the Bills, Hunter Henry against the Broncos, and Conquo against the Seahawks. Who stands out to you on this list?
2: Just to finish the thought on Kraft really quickly, he's been a top 12 tight end in three of the four games since Musgrave went down. He keeps getting multiple red zone targets as well. In most of his games gerald everett against uh, buffalo since returning in week 12 he's tied in 13 back-to-back games with eight targets the stick man doesn't go far from the line of scrimmage often hunter henry seems to have some kind of weird connection with bailey Zappi. in games in which Zappi has started this season he's averaging 14 fantasy points per game. he's got three touchdowns in his past two uh but you um you know it's it's the patriots right and then of course chica Conquo against seattle at least 45 receiving yards in three of the past four. Uh, there's a reason there. I actually, Henry, you know, like you don't love the matchup against Denver, but uh, Henry's the guy that is kind of interesting to me uh, as well. But all these guys I think are, are viable given the, the low bar that is being a viable fantasy tight end this year.
0: Let's look at the quarterback waiver targets, whether you're in desperation mode because of injuries or you're in desperation mode because you play in a super flex like we do here on our NBC show league. Matthew Baker Mayfield tops this list, only 46% available. He's got the Jaguars, who we've seen a lot of teams throw on that secondary. And the last two weeks, Baker's been airing it out.
2: It, he really has. Back to back games now with 20 or more fantasy points, multiple touchdown passes in six last games, six, six to last eight games. The Jaguars have allowed at least 20 fantasy points to three of the last four quarterbacks they've faced. We've talked about that Jaguar secondary a lot. Um, uh, They're pretty banged up. So the bake show, what a great story for him. I'm I'm happy for the guy. Personally, the the Buccaneers control their own destiny, destiny, I believe, in the NFC South. This is a must-win game against Jacksonville. Home game for them as well. The Battle of Florida, Um, not counting Miami. Yeah, give me some Baker Mayfield as a viable streamer this week.
0: Jay, a couple more here. Nick Mullins against the Lions, as you kind of tweeted that. Didn't look great for Nick Mullins, but the stats were enough there. Uh, with the two touchdowns. And the same could be said for guys like Jake Browning and Derek Carr as well.
1: Yeah, Mullins is a box of chocolates, and most of the chocolates are expired. But there are some good ones in there. And he does make, like, he makes throws. He makes attempts, and he's got weapons in Addison and Jefferson and Hawkinson. It's just the turnovers and the completely brain-dead plays that sink you from a football perspective. But fantasy-wise, I mean, I thought he was dreadful in that game, and he was still able to deliver 20-plus points. uh, And I think that they will need to be throwing to keep pace with Detroit.
0: Matthew, with Browning, is he playable in any format without Jamar Chase? Because that's kind of been his binky since he's had to play, and it's really helped him be a competent quarterback.
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, and you don't love the matchups at at Pittsburgh. Yes, the Steelers' defense isn't what it once was, but this is a this is an important game at home uh, for the Steelers to try to stay alive. Um, this is one of those you know AFC North battles, like all the cliches are cliches for a reason, right? Because they're true. And so it just feels like whatever the record is, whether it's the Ravens, the Browns, the Bengals, the the Steelers, there are always these ugly games in December in the AFC North. And so, you know, Browning to me is more of a mere uh, mid-tier QB2. You wish he had Jamar Chase. He doesn't. If there's a positive here uh, for Jake Browning, he's had at least three straight games with 275 passing yards. They're running the offense. They're just letting him run the offense. As they will, he's the third best quarterback in fantasy over that stretch, and so there's a decent chance you're like me. I'm I'm in a uh, I'm in a semifinal one league. I beat producer Damian in a league of all of our old ESPN uh, folks. Me and Damian made the semis. I'm actually in a two week final, and I lost. Uh, it's a superplex league. I lost Joe Burrow, so I've been riding Jake Browning. I don't have a shot. I don't have a chance. So it's going to be Hertz and Browning for me at quarterback for the next two weeks. I wish I had Chase, but I think he's a mid tier QB too again because. What they do with that offense is they protect him, right? It's it's a bunch of dump offs. It's try to get yards after the catch. So you'll see Mixon and Chase Brown more involved. You'll see T. Higgins who had the huge game last week. Some Tyler Boyd, you know, and they'll try to fill in fill in as best they can. So not ideal, but
0: usable, uh, but probably not the top three guy. He's been the last three weeks. If you need to stream a defense, here's a couple targets over here with the Broncos against the Patriots, Green Bay against Bryce Young and the Panthers. The Bengals' defense against the Steelers with Mason Rudolph expected to be under center. And, of course, if you need to make a move for the playoffs and you want to pick up anyone that we talked about today, you probably have to drop someone. Sam Howell makes this list as great as he was this year in fantasy. The Jets and the 49ers are his matchups for the fantasy playoffs. A.J. Dillon's been banged up. Kareem Hunt's been ineffective for the Browns. Adam Thielen, Gabe Davis, George Pickens make the list. Jahan Dotson, he's got the Jets, obviously, this week. And then the Niners, as we said, with Howell and Jerry Judy from the Broncos. Those are all of our droppables. We will take our first break. When we're back, we're going to recap the Monday Night Football thrilling finish of Drew Locke taking down the Eagles right after this. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic.
1: Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort.
2: Five of the last six weeks, no team in the NFL has allowed more yards to the slot this year than the Philadelphia Eagles. That's an area of the field to attack. And so uh, JSN, who lines up the majority of the snaps in the slot... Give me the over on 37 and a half. I don't think that's that big a number for him. 33 seconds left. Shotgun snap. Three man
1: rush. Lock throws long pass down the far sideline. Caught over the shoulder. It's grabbed. Smith and Jenga. Touchdown. Touchdown.
2: Seattle touchdown.
0: Great call. Matthew, Jackson Smith, and Jigba hits the over on the game-winning touchdown. Never in doubt. Jay, since week Never nine... Never in doubt. Since week nine, underdogs are 7-0 straight up on Monday Night Football.
1: Makes me worry about my Niners uh, next week is the Baltimore Ravens. But no, it's been an incredible streak. These have been some of the most ridiculous upsets as well. Thinking about... The Bengals as 10 and a half point dogs beating the Jags. The Titans with two touchdown underdogs against Miami. We have Tommy Cutlets. Uh, we have uh, Josh Dobbs not doing anything all game against the Bears. The Eagles KC game was insane. Sean McDermott's gaff against the Broncos. And then I don't know why the Jets were favored over the Chargers. I was just looking at that and don't remember that being a thing at all. No, I think it might be flipped, but in any case, Alright, uh, right, sorry. The Jets were the last underdog to lose. Uh, but, uh, yeah, some incredible results. And, and last night certainly stacked up uh, against any of them, given it never felt like Seattle were going to win that game until they did.
0: Yeah, it, that's exactly it. It came down to the wire here. And, Matthew, from a fantasy outlook, I mean, if Drew Locke remains at quarterback right now with Geno Smith injured, what is the fantasy outlook for Seattle's offense?
2: He He's not going to uh, – literally um... – just in the commercial break, there was a uh, there was a Fantasy Life app alert. I got it. So uh, Michael Sean Duger, who covers the team, does a really good job tweeting this out. Um, Pete Carroll reiterates on at Seattle Sports that Geno Smith will have a full week of practice and play against the Titans. So that literally like three minutes ago was tweeted out um, uh, by uh, Michael Sean Duger, who uh, does a, a great job covering the team for The Athletic. So it is going to be Geno Smith, but I almost don't. first off, we love Drew Locke. The postgame interview was amazing. He drinks free today, as we've talked about here. But um, Geno back is good for all the pass catchers involved. I, I don't know that there's much to take away. I mean, I think uh, Metcalf and uh, Lockett and JSN are sort of what they are. They're all kind of, uh, you know, Metcalf's a top 15-ish wide receiver. and The other two are up the,
0: upside wide receiver threes. Jay, my takeaway from this game is that the Jalen Hurts MVP campaign is long over.
1: Yep, completely done. I think both NFC's candidates are completely done. After this weekend, Hurts and Dak. Dak might have a little bit more of a chance, but those guys... I mean, Hurts' case was always wins. Now he's got four losses and he's not going to get the one seed unless the Niners somehow lose two of their last three. So you can see there, Jalen Hurts drifts to fifteen to one. I mean, I might need three hundred to one to back Jalen Hurts at this point. Honestly, I think that's this award is between the top two guys uh, on the board. Brock Purdy minus two hundred, Lamar Jackson plus four fifty. I think the winner of Monday Night Football between San Francisco and Baltimore. That's very likely your MVP. Matthew,
2: would you uh, any value there on Lamar? I think there's some value there in Lamar, especially, again, if you think the Ravens beat the Niners uh, coming up on Monday night here. I don't know if there's a takeaway on Jalen Hurts fantasy-wise. It wasn't a great NFL game for him, but he gets you the two rushing touchdowns. He gets in. The two picks did absolutely kill. We had a parlay going, the three of us, in terms of – and we needed two field goals from Jake Elliott. If one of those picks doesn't happen, they would have gone down and kicked the field goal. Yep. But two bad picks from Hurts down the stretch. Ultimately, though, fantasy-wise, you're still starting him. He's a viable uh, QB1. The other thing is is that I thought Swift, yeah, again, he's not involved in the passing game. When they get in close, they give it to Jalen Hurts. But it is, you're still starting DeAndre Swift. But he's more of a low-end RB2 than he is, you know, the borderline RB1 than he was earlier in the year. All
0: right, we're taking our last break. When we're back, a little back to the futures coming your way, courtesy of our friends at DraftKings right after this.
1: DraftKings Sportsbook. The, the crown is yours.
0: It's, not, it's nice that you do the read with them. Yeah, we Other do it hosts. together. Yeah, that's yeah, really yeah, nice, yeah. on yeah. yeah, happy hour. I'm just lone wolf. Yeah. They just I just they just, just throw me to the side and just, yeah, you got it. Damn, that's yeah, that's messed up. Yeah. yeah five, five days a week. Does, does, does Barry throw you a little of that DraftKings coiny? No, the crown is absolutely. What not an mine. asshole, no. Barry is. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet five dollars in pocket, one hundred fifty dollars in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no sweat, same game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code Barry when you sign up. DraftKings Draft Sportsbook, the, the crown, crown is, is yours. yours. I love it, fellas. I figured I could bully you two into doing it with me now yeah, by uh, the mechanism you know of what? Sims. Yeah,
2: whatever. Screw Sims. Yeah, that's the, law of the guy. You know. Yeah, I don't, I don't see Sims doling out any of his uh, unbuttoned money out there to uh, any of the uh, plebeians <laughs> on his show, for the love of God. Like, Believe you know what? Like, hey, hey, Sims, I'll tell you about... The host Football, night football night America. America. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, Listen, I, you know, I'm going to say this quickly. Here, here's what I, You know, what Sims should do, what Sims should do is... Uh, it, why doesn't Sims get his own host? Instead of stealing my guy, Connor Rogers? And he also steals Jay every once in a while. And get his own guys. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You know, let's uh, keep my head over it. I'm in over there.
1: Well, yeah, we're off gonna... air in a minute. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to take Miles Garrett to a defensive player of the year at plus 165. Makes no sense to me that Micah Parsons is favorite at minus 110. Why is Micah Parsons favorite? No. Garrett's been better as a pass rusher at a run def- as a run defender. He's got more sacks. Uh, he's on a much better defense than a Cowboys defense that just got exposed. So give me Miles Garrett at plus 165.
0: All right, I'm going with the Bills to win the AFC East at plus 220. We know they finished the season playing the Dolphins. If the Dolphins lose... To the cowboys or ravens and the bills handle business against the chargers and the patriots that game will come down to the division we've seen what the bills could do against them i like the plus 220. matthew close us out with your back to the futures
2: i'm taking the commanders under four and a half wins look the fact that here's the remaining schedule jets niners dallas really the only chance they have is to beat the jets but believe it or not the jets are favored in this game so if you think like, you're you're better off taking the Commanders at plus money under four and a half wins than you are
0: taking them against the Jets on Sunday. All right, that's it for us. For Jay, Matthew, I'm Connor. We will be back tomorrow with Lawrence at 12 here on Peacock. Peace out.